family, I'm so happy to announce the launch of my brand new premium podcast. It's called Ideas That Matter Plus. This is an exciting new development that we've been working on for some time. This after seeing a lot of you request coming through saying thank you for what we've done and wanting more. Ideas That Matter Plus is a more targeted podcast that focuses on business strategies and more high-level thinking to help highly ambitious entrepreneurs, SMEs, business owners and founders, even the CEOs of big business. It only costs 450 Rand per month and will be coming in, but I mean coming in hot. So, subscribe now to Ideas That Matter Plus, now available on Spotify or Apple Podcast Store. Sayonara. Do you want to diversify your investments? Then visit squaredfinancial.com and explore great opportunities. Hi, Vusi. Uh, my name is Mark J. And um, I'm one of the people that has actually benefited from listening to your podcast and your YouTube videos. You know how you like somebody and then you don't like that you like them? <laughs> I think it's something like that where I know I like you. No homo, I'm saying I love the stuff that you do and I feel like you're cool. And uh, sometimes I feel like I shouldn't really like this guy. <laughs> like I like him too much. Let me reduce on how much I like him. <laughs> but um, I'm actually, I've actually learned a lot from you. And um, I have a very, very unique, inspiring story of how's, you know, selling in the streets at some point. And now I own four stores at the mall. And uh, it's still learning from people like you that I've reached this level. I'm grateful. Hello, family. Welcome to another episode of the VT Podcast. And here we talk about ideas that matter. Last week, we spoke about missionaries and mercenaries. And I love the feedback that you guys have given us. I did say at the beginning of the podcast that it was going to be slightly controversial. And so it is, uh, of course, I'm not of no surprise to me that some of you felt that you were like, dude, really? The way you just looked at this is like, um, wow. <laughs> Welcome to the VT podcast. Whoever sent that comment, you must be a novice. That's what we do here. We look at things that are like, um, wow. Today, however, I want to move a little bit further in the spirit of taking over territories. And in this territory space that we're in, the space of expanding our territory, growing ourselves, growing our careers, growing our influence, growing our networks, growing our base of networks and relationships, growing our capital, growing our influence into different spaces, we have to learn how to conquer and take over new territory. So last week then, we spoke about sending in the right kind of tool for the right kind of job, the missionary versus the mercenary. Today, I want to talk to you about an element of warfare in Stratagem. That's probably the most overlooked element of warfare. It's a, an element of warfare that is often underspoken about, very misunderstood, and frankly, has won more battles for more countries than more generals care to admit. Today, I want to talk to you about the submarine. The submarine. 
not that submarine. I know you grew up going, we were listening in a yellow submarine, yellow submarine. Not that submarine. I'm talking about the warship, the submarine. You know, if you ever think about it, how many movies have been made about submarines? It's very, very few movies, right? Because it's not like an element of war that is um, all that appealing. It's like this domey thing that's buoyant, goes underwater and, you know, spends this day going blip, 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 using radar, looking for other like objects in the water, right? So I've been fascinated by submarines, and I've been studying them a lot very recently. There is a fellow you must know. His name is Bernoulli. Bernoulli came up with the Bernoulli principle. He, in effect, leveraged Isaac Newton's third law that an object in motion will, will remain in motion unless acted on by an external force. He leveraged Isaac Newton's third law, and he came up with something called the Bernoulli principle. The Bernoulli principle, by the way, has many years later since been used in the principles of lift. In a following podcast, I'm going to talk a bit about the principles of lift. But he's important in the sense that he not only spoke about the principles of lift, but a part of those principles of lift spoke about the weight of air. You see, air has a weight. In fact, did you know air is a fluid? I know we think about fluids as liquids, but fluids are things that bend themselves to the shape of whatever environment they are in. They are fluid, and air is a fluid. And his work really looked, together with Eventualista Torici in 1640, looked at the weight of the air by conducting various experiments. This, by the way, formed the fundamental work of what we have today as the principles of lift and how, for instance, planes take off. But what does all this then have to do with submarines? The first submissile of whose construction there exists reliable information was designed and built in 1640 by Cornelis Drebbel, a Dutchman in the service of James I of England. It was propelled by the means of oars. You see, submarines teach us a lot about not only how they function, but give us some clues about how we need to function when we are in warfare. You see, in the construct of warfare, there exists one of the greatest assets any side of the army can use, the element of surprise. For you to have the element of surprise means by design, the enemy can't see you coming. And one of the most effective ways to do this then is to be submerged, whether submerged under the grass and bushes or submerged under the waters of the oceans as a submarine. Submarines, then, have become a fundamental part of naval traditions around the world. Since the early days of experimentation with submarines around the 1520s and the 1540s, all the way through to the 1800s when we started experimenting with real war-type submarines, and then eventually to World War I, when submarines really came into their fold around how they functioned in the world, we've constantly had submarines as a part of warfare. Why? Because submarines provide for us an opportunity. And the opportunity of submarines is very, very simple. It's the element of 
surprise. Did you know that in World War II, Japan used submarines very, very effectively? Of course, they lost that war. But the point here is Japan had probably the most, the vastest expense of submarine types. Not only submarines, but also submissiles, not only boats, but also ships. And yes, those of you listening, those actually are different in naval terms. But the Japanese used their submarines very effectively during World War II. So, why am I telling you this about submarines? And what does this have to do with you? Here's why. I think that most of you here listening to this podcast, like me, are operating at the stage of your life where you need to operate like the submarine, not like the superyacht. See, the superyacht is beautiful, it's big, it's grand. Lights, camera, action, parties, music, bikinis, DJs, yeah? The superyacht is the place of life and partying and having fun. You can move from one continent to another continent in a mega yacht and have the greatest time of your life. But when you are building and you're building deliberately, you don't want the glare of the public. You want to be able to move from one continent to another, one career to another, one business to another, one country to another one client to another without being detectable. You want to be able to move like a submarine. So how do you move like a submarine? Rule number one, keep big moves to yourself. As you plan and think potentially about what you're doing next, Make sure that what you're doing next, you think not only about that, but also who you're doing it with. And as you do so, make sure that you keep those big moves to yourself. Don't share your burgeoning plans with other people, with friends who may play devil's advocates or something like this. Very important that you keep those moves to yourself. Sometimes we curse the blessings that are eminent in our lives by speaking those blessings into the world too soon. So keep big moves to yourself. Second, I'm fascinated by crews that operate submarines. I don't think you could pay me to operate submarines. You guys will remember a couple of episodes ago, I did a whole story about how I don't like water and I don't like being in the ocean. So there is no ways you would pay me to get into a steel tube that's going to go hundreds of meters, if not kilometers, under water where i may run the risk of somebody firing upon us and i come it's not going to happen me no it's not going to happen i'm not look if there's war it's fine go have war i'll be here on the land uh, waiting for a nice we can discuss and uh, i'm a speaker we can speak about it but i'm definitely not getting into the submarine and getting submerged that's just not going to happen right so one of the things i noticed as i've been reading up about submarines and crews that run submarines is they have very interesting decision-making processes. Line of command, command structures, segregation of duty. Very, very interesting. And without getting into the details, here's what I want to tell you about the second way you have to move like a submarine. Decide 
how you will decide. In other words, before you set off on your journey, this next big move you're making in your life, make a commitment to yourself about how you are going to make commitments and decisions when the time is right. Because when that time comes and the opportunity presents itself and the pressure is mounting, what's going to happen is the following. The human being in you is going to want to act like a human being. The physiology is going to change. You might feel a different kind of way. You might panic. Your heart might start pumping because you are in a new environment. And of course, your adrenaline is going to spike up, getting ready to be fight or flight for the environment that you are in. And when that moment comes, notice my language. I said when, not if. Because yea, as you walk through the valley of the shadow, it doesn't say walk through nice places it says the valley of the shadow and so as that moment in your life comes and it will if you're a growth individual driven by the future it will definitely come as it comes very important for you to be clear on how you're going to make decisions what are the set of values and rules around which you're going to make decisions i'll share some of those that we have in our own business and in our firm so when we are thinking about how we're going to be making decisions, we use rules of values really as a framework to guide us around how we make decisions, not what decision to make. This is so important. It's not what the decision needs to be, is how we arrive at what that decision needs to be. Very recently, we had a conflict with one of our largest clients, actually, and the conflict is still uh, ongoing. This is for a client of ours in our non-fund related business. This is one of our services businesses in South Africa. And the client wanted to take advantage of us in a particular way. They're a large business and they thought that they could bully us. And one of the frameworks we have when we make decisions is we always ask ourselves something we call a three-year test. The three-year test is would we look back on this decision in three years' time with regret or with applause? Why three years and not ten? Ten is generally so long into the future that you can make up for whatever decision you make today. Even if you get it colossally wrong, you can restart and do it again. Three years is just enough time that the decision is actually important today, but also just enough time that it's far away enough that we can take a physiological, psychological, philosophical view of that decision. So we decide how we are going to decide. The third way you move like a submarine is to start before you start. <laughs> one of the reasons I've become probably one of the most prolific capital raises I would like to think in the markets I operate in is because I started raising capital 10 years before I started raising capital. You see, capital is supremely monogamous with return. Return is adjudicated in many ways, but capital providers looking for return look amongst the most important criteria at one thing, trust, credibility track record. And so, 10 years before I became a fund manager and started raising capital, I built relationships. Real, meaningful relationships. And I fed those relationships. Long before people became 
key individuals and funds or fund principles, I built those relationships. And so then, when the time came and I was a fund manager, and as today we are, managing funds and raising funds, it became easier for me to done it because as that Ugandan guy says it, if so-and-so did it, why can't we did it? So to start then, before you start. This is constantly why I keep talking to you about always looking forward at your career and, and decide where you want to be, not just where you are. Very important. And then the final part of how you move like a submarine is to be very clear on what it is that is your ask. Most of you aren't clear on what your ask is. So, you start relationships, you build them, but you don't share with people how you're moving. And because you're not sharing how you're moving, you forget to share what you need. Listen to this because it's so powerful. One of the most effective forms of maturity and nuance is knowing how to tell people so little that they don't know what you're up to, but just enough that they know how to help you. Ooh. How do I tell you that I'm operating in capital markets raising a fund, but you don't know if it's a a hedge fund, a private equity fund, a venture capital fund, an infrastructure fund. Uh, you just don't know. What you know is I'm operating in the space and I'm raising capital. You know just enough that you don't know what I'm up to, but sufficient that if you want to help, you can. Do you get it? So this then is how you learn to move like a submarine. You know, of all the things that I've said about the submarines here, being underwater, being submerged, and all the rest of it, I have forgotten the single most important element about a submarine. A submarine isn't just a large ship that goes underwater only to re-emerge again in the enemy's territory. A submarine is a warship. It has a job to do. It's very clear on its task and its job. And its job is to give its owner, the country that has sent it out, the opportunity and advantage over its nemesis. It's a warship. Life is war. It's battle. It's struggle. You right now are engaged in it. Whether you want to make more money and send your children to better school, you have to fight some battle. Or you want to build your business, you want to fight a battle. Life is war. And learning to move like a submarine it's a very effective tool of that war. <laughs> right. Family, friends. I hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast. I must tell you, by the way, that we're having a fantastic time in the VT Club 100. So if you haven't joined yet, make sure to visit vtclub100.com, subscribe and become a part of the membership network and join us. We're now getting ready and planning to go on our international trip. I'm so excited. I'll share with you guys on our next podcast where we're going, but we're going on our international trip. We're going to be traveling into a different part of the world. I'm taking the entire team away for just over a weekend 
and we're going to have a ton of fun doing some immersive experiences, building relationships and networks, real breakthroughs that people are going to go through in their lives, in their spirituality, in their physiology, in their business lives, in all of it. We're going to be doing all of that stuff. And I've got great friends of mine who come from different disciplines that are going to be joining us and making all of this an amazing immersive experience. So I look forward to it. And if you haven't found out about it yet, make sure you check out the VT Club 100. Oh, I did forget to mention that we've also launched a new Vusi Tembeguaya website. Have you guys seen it? Pardonne-moi, is that a challenge? Go and check it out, vusitembeguaya.com. It's our new website. So excited by it. And we've got so much there that we've plugged in, resources, toolkits, all sorts of stuff. It's a really, really cool website. And it was, I'm so glad that we were able to put it together the way we've put it together. It's like a great amalgam of everything. And once again, Literally, this was my brief to the design team. I said to them, I want a submarine website. They were like, what does that mean? I said, I want a website that tells people just enough to know what they can do with me and how they can help, but not too much around what I'm doing so that they poke their noses where they don't belong. <laughs> oh dear, move like the submarine. Ladies, gentlemen, friends and family, this is this week's podcast. Sayonara. Relax, trade, and take it easy. Visit squaredfinancial.com and unfold a world of opportunities. <laughs>